0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, I wanted to start by introducing myself and telling you a bit of what I hope to talk about on this show. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. Let's start by getting on the same page about some basic terms and ideas. So, what is a witch? In my opinion, it's pretty simple. A witch is someone who is aware of their own power and puts that power into action. In other words, a witch is someone who practices witchcraft. So then what is witchcraft? It's a science, an art, and a spiritual practice. It's the use of magic to create change in your environment or the practice of exerting your will to get what you want out of life. I think it's really important to get down to the essence of what these words mean because there are countless ways to express your witchiness, but when we get down to the very basics, what we're doing is becoming aware of our power to create and using that power to plan and design the life we want to lead. And now that you know what I'm talking about when I say I'm a witch and that I practice witchcraft, I wanted to share about my background. This will help you to understand what influences me, and the topics that I teach inside of Mumble's Academy. So I was raised Christian and I don't identify as Christian anymore, but this part of my life influenced my magical journey. The Christianity that I grew up with, it may not be the same as the one that you are familiar with. It is one that is based in love and spirituality, inclusivity, pursuing knowledge and questioning everything. So I attribute a lot of who I am today to being part of that community. I was actually part of the church youth leadership when I was in high school, and I helped my friends discover their own spirituality. So I think that plays a big influence in where I am now teaching people about spirituality in Mumble's Academy. But I had a hard time at when I was younger relating to the God that they were presenting to me as this all-powerful man in the sky. So I didn't connect with Christianity, but I took from Christianity, this understanding of some force that connects us all together, something that's bigger than me or anyone else, and this miracle of the universe and the natural order of the world we live on. I continue to be a wanderer and an explorer, and I'm trying to figure out the whys of the universe. I think That's what I'm interested in. And because of this, I began exploring my own spirituality without that structure of religion, any religion. So this new spirituality that I was exploring was rooted in a love of nature. And eventually this led me to earning a bachelor's of science in ecology. So in college, I learned more about the workings of the universe through a scientific lens. I learned how humans have altered the planet in some catastrophic ways. I learned about the importance of living things, the rhythm of life, the seasons, rocks and plants and animals, and how all of these different systems are connected in a really organized way. And this started me down a path toward learning more about medicinal plants and ethnobotany, which is the relationship between humans and plants. And so that's when I started really learning about witchcraft. This helped me to better understand the way our ancestors lived according to the laws of nature, more about about survival than necessarily magic. But they were tracking the sun because it was a calendar for agriculture, for growing their food. Uh, they tracked the stars because it gave them a map home. They knew what parts of the plant were edible and which ones they could use for healing because if they didn't know this information, then they could get very sick or even die. So again, what we co- we consider witchcraft today was really just a part of the daily life of many of our ancestors. It wasn't necessarily something external or um, different from their just regular day-to-day lives. But... At this time, when I was starting to learn about witchcraft, I didn't consider myself a witch, I was just really interested in learning more about it and about our ancestors. I didn't claim the title of witch until after I broke my back. I had this traumatic event, and it taught me about gratitude. It was necessary for me at this time to really acknowledge the safety net of supportive friends and family and my then-boyfriend, now-husband, and they all took care of me emotionally, physically, financially. These are people that I had taken for granted before, that I just was entitled to this care. But I learned to find gratitude in this community, and I learned to find gratitude in so many things that I had taken for granted before. I was forced to slow down and experience my life as well. In recovery, I watched as the natural world changed little by little from winter to spring to summer, And it was something that I was really only dimly aware of before. Obviously, I noticed the seasons changing, but I didn't really pay attention. I was perceiving the world with all of my senses, and that started to awaken this magical part inside of me. And I took this opportunity to read every book I could get my hands on, especially the ones about spirituality, witchcraft, and personal development. Reading was really something I didn't prioritize or make time for before, except for for classes. I I wasn't reading very many novels, and I really enjoyed this time of being able to get back into reading. So I started to view everything in my life through this magical lens, because there are so many little things that we do, sometimes daily, that are really magical. When you take care of yourself, that is a magical act, and so is taking care of plants and children and pets who depend on you, like through preparing food and cleaning and protecting your homes. These are magical things. Being an activist for a cause you care about is really magical. I started seeing how there's this magic part to our mundane lives. And the next portion of this episode, I want to tell you about who I am as a witch, so That was my background, and now I want to talk about what happened next. So this will give you an overview of the types of topics that I want to cover in future episodes. It's kind of a list of topics that I know about and things I like, and therefore you'll probably be hearing more about them from me. If you've been following me for a while, you know that I like to keep things simple. I generally approach things in a minimalist way. I don't like to use very many tools or materials. I still want it to have that witchy magical vibe, but I don't want to go overboard. I feel like the more setup something requires, the less likely I will do it. So for special occasions like my birthday or the sabbats, I do more elaborate rituals. At the full moon and at the new moon i do more than what i do during my daily practice but other than that daily day-to-day witchcraft for me is very simple and i think that is something that really keeps me on track i ground each morning and if it's a day that i do a lot of people interaction i will also ground in the evening as a way to kind of bookend my day transition back into the calmness of home I keep my home as a sacred space, so I try to release any non-beneficial energies whenever I am home, and I do this through grounding. I also center before bed. This is a practice that calls my energy back to me. So basically, anything that you do in your day will scatter these bits of yourself throughout the world. And it's important to return these bits back to yourself so that you don't get that stretched too thin feeling. So I ground in the morning, sometimes in the evening. I center before bed. And I keep an altar, and this is for several, several reasons. It's a place to keep all of my tools and materials, it is a visual reminder of my practice, and it is a place that I hold as sacred. So I said I try to keep my home as a sacred space, but sometimes life happens and clutter builds up or I get lazy, but the altar is the exception. It is always sacred to me. I don't let clutter build up on it, and I keep it as this place that will remind me to connect with my practice on a daily basis. Another reason I keep an altar is to focus my magical or spiritual practice around a specific location. This forms a habit. The more often you do something, like meditation or a magical work like a spell, the faster and more effective you become at entering into a meditative state, and that just adds to the ease and speed at which you can do something. So you can also do this using the same scents or oils or playing the same or similar music or sounds, if you create a ritual around the process, it helps to make that habit and it makes that process more easily. So having an, having an altar and entering into this meditative state of mind in the same place every single time is a way that helps me form that habit of connecting with my magical practice. And it is really important to me to keep my practice easy and accessible because I run a business on my own. It's pretty much only me with the occasional help of someone I've hired. I'm also responsible for cleaning and keeping up with the tasks that make our home run smoothly. I do all the cooking and I try to make things from scratch whenever possible. This is a personal choice, but also sometimes a requirement of following a vegan diet. Essentially, I'm responsible for keeping two cats and two humans alive, so managing all of that means that I want my magic to be easy to access and available quickly. And another way that I keep my magic simple and easy is to make mundane activities like cooking and cleaning into magical experiences, and this is called kitchen or cottage witchcraft. Crystals are a major part of my witchcraft practice as well, something I will talk about on this podcast. They are wonderful tools because you can charge them with your intention and then leave them around to do your work for you. They need occasional cleansing or recharging, which I incorporate into my moon rituals, but generally. Crystals are one of the easiest ways to connect with your practice. I love using herbs as well. It's probably my most common material I use in magic because there are many that are edible, and I develop meals based on the magical properties of the herbs. I'm also really interested in the nutritional, medicinal, healing, and other shamanic properties of the herbs. There's this codependency between the animal and the plant kingdoms. We can't survive without each other, so I do like to honor this relationship through the use of magic. Obviously there are many mundane uses for plants as well. We wear, smoke, drink, live in, and eat plants, but if you haven't caught on yet, I truly believe that the mundane is magical. Now another aspect of my practice is following the rhythm of the solar and lunar cycles. The moon cycle lasts about a month and offers opportunities to be active and to be passive, to project and to receive. And I follow the solar cycle through walking the wheel of the year. And notice how this lines up with the zodiac calendar. So I watch the changing seasons and I reflect on how I am changing and reacting to these shifts. And this has just been a really meaningful experience for me throughout the years. And I engage in the language of symbols. We all use symbols on a daily basis to commute, communicate and to react to each other. There are symbols to indicate where the bathroom is, to tell us instructions while driving. We use emojis when ac- communicating electronically. They tell us how to do laundry, to play, pause, or stop this podcast that you are listening to, and so much more. So this is a really special language that allows us to communicate directly with our subconscious mind as well. It's been said that the subconscious mind is like a seven year old because most of the programming of your mind happens in the first seven years of your life. So, if you think back to how you communicated when you were seven, you were probably reading picture books. You didn't understand jokes or sarcasm or double meanings, everything was very literal. Your subconscious mind understands and communicates using images symbols, and parables. And so for this reason, I love to interpret my dreams, use the runes and the tarot and oracle cards, and things like this as part of my witchcraft practice. These forms of divination are, at the most basic level, the use of interpreting divine messages from symbols. So I hope this overview of my practice gives you some insight into the topics you can expect to hear more of on this podcast. Materials like herbs and crystals, energy work and witchcraft practices like grounding, meditation, spell casting, ritual and journaling. What it means to be a solitary witch and how to make your magic more accessible through bringing it into the mundane. So I just want to give you a little homework assignment. Just this is something I ask all new witches who come to me and that is to write your witchcraft story. So I told you some of the things that have happened in my life that led me to practice witchcraft. This really helped me to discover how my interests and passions can be incorporated into witchcraft and vice versa. And I hope it's the same for you. We learn from our past, and it helps us to plan for our future. So take some time to tell your story, write it down, draw some pictures, or record a voice memo, just some way think about how you got to where you are now, and how that might relate to your witchcraft practice. So in this episode, I explained how I define the words witch and witchcraft, I told you about my background and my witchcraft practice, and I let you know what you can expect to hear in future episodes. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 001. Join me in the next episode when we talk about your witchcraft practice, including what brought you to it, how to learn, and tips for measuring your progress. Make sure you subscribe so that you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find this show, please leave a five star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mumbles and Things. And you can join us in the Mumbles and Things Facebook group to chat about this episode with other witchy folks. So to find that Facebook group, go to www.talkwitchcraft.com. Wait, don't go yet. Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out mumblesacademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, a creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice. Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path.